You are listening to The Tape Deck, a weekly dose of music appreciation to your ear holes. Uh, we have uh, a website now called tapedeckpodcast.com. You can log on to it. We've got daily album reviews. We'll have blog posts. Um, the podcast comes out every Friday, which is probably when it is when you're listening to this. Who knows? Um, so go check it out. It should be great. Uh, and follow us on the socials as well. But that'll come later. My name's Rob Mora, and with me today is my very, very good friend, Cody Pierce. Cody, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Howdy. Hey! Um, we work together, as a disclaimer. Um, so we were discussing this beforehand, and uh, just jumped at the opportunity. You didn't actually, I just asked you. I jumped pretty yeah. high. Yeah. yeah. I believe you do. I've and seen you. And then I backed back down. Yeah, exactly. that's true. Gravity is... Uh, Fine mistress. I thought it was one of those things where somebody asks you to do an artsy project with them and you're like, sure. And then like maybe you'll hear about it later. Yeah. But then you actually kept following up and I was like, oh, should I? I should yeah, actually I do, do this, this now. now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, as it usually is, that's life. So Cody, I are. have a question for you. What have you been listening to lately? I've been listening to, you know, a little Mason Ramsey oh as usual. Um, oh Yodel Kid, represent hometown hero. It's not from my hometown. <laughs> I've also been listening to, there's a project with uh, Phoebe Bridgers and Connor Obers from You Bright know, Eyes. actually, the second podcast that we did, when it's Dylan Handwrite, same answer. Same answer? Better Oblivion <laughs> Community Center. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's two for two now, so you guys have to go check out that album. I so, bet you already have all listened to it, because it's so great. It's, it revitalizes Connor Obers' like, songwriting it's material. It's cool, and it's also just cool to see like younger artists working with artists that they probably grew up listening to yeah exactly and then they're just so good that the bands that inspired them are like hey let's make music together yeah so right. that's got to be a cool thing that's pretty damn cool it's like uh it's not an analogous oh my god that word it's like jeff tweedy um producing mavis staples the same thing you know like protege and mentor you know, that's really cool. Uh, I want to talk for a second about Mason Ramsey because that's the, all the time that he, that guy deserves. Um, he's the yodel kid. You've seen him on Ellen. Uh, Cody has been taunting me with his music for like maybe a year and a half. He was the yodel kid. Now he's little Hank. Now, he's what? He's moved past the yodel. He's, he's got his own All right, but who's career. little Hank? Little Hank is Mason Ramsey, also the yodel kid. Okay, we're done. Such greatness we're can't be categorized under one name. Yeah, I will put the link in the description if you are a masochist, but go check out his music, I guess, whatever. Today, we are talking about a band that perhaps receives too much attention nowadays. I'm not sure. Um, this is a band that put out a record. Um, this is maybe telling about when we record this podcast, but as of now, they released an album on Friday. This will be early March. Um, and they've been a band for about 25 years now. Um, I don't know whether or not you can guess which specific band I'm talking about. I'll give you one good guess. I, you're cueing me as if I know what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> I'm guessing? Yeah. Nirvana. Uh, well, they haven't put out any material in a while, but that was a really oh. good guess. Um, oh. We're going to be talking today about Weezer. Oh my god, this band. This band that so many people hold so much... I'm not really sure how to put it, but, like, people are passionate about this band still, you know. Um, Weezer put out their first album in 1994, I believe. I think so. And it's 2019 now, which is, indeed, 25 years since this band put out their first record, you know. Classic rock. Classic. It's classic rock, exactly. I want you to take a guess as to how old Rivers Cuomo is now. How old do you think? 
This I never guy know is. if you're talking to them or you're talking to me. <laughs> but they can't like... answer, so <laughs> me is probably the better bet. <laughs> probably. Um, I feel like I've looked it up fairly. He's probably like 45. A little older than that, but you're close. He is almost 50 years old now, hmm? which is crazy because I can't tell if he's aging well or if he's not aging well, you know? I feel like he definitely sort of has at least on the outside retained this youthful like image his music's gotten younger his every album's gotten a little younger yeah it's 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 the curious case of benjamin cuomo (laughs) um it's so true like you so okay before we get into the history of the band let's talk about this newest album which is as of this point this album this episode's probably gonna come out in april or something like it'll have been about a month and a half old we'll see how time uh affects this album spoiler alert it probably won't but what did you think of the black album I did you think skipped of it? around on it yesterday because I knew we were doing this podcast and I was like, ah, more material I need to know. <laughs> and I was hopeful that it was going to be like a back to our roots type thing. It's no. called the Black Album. Well, it here. sounds kind of edgy. I was like, maybe this is it. This mm-hmm. is when they really, you know, get back to the power chords. Yeah. And then it was kind of what I should have expected. Yes, um, exactly. Like so. See, this, this is the struggle that many Weezer fans, pretty much, that's, that's like half of what we, people talk about when they talk about Weezer. It's like, the term disappointment has been thrown around in the conversation of this band so often that, I mean, I feel like people miss the mark regardless, like, when they're talking about the band because they're not actually even talking about the music itself. Like, they're always just talking about, I built myself up to this image, apparently it's, it's somehow going to be at some point close to or even just faintly like their their earliest two outputs which we'll talk about like some bands do that and some some bands do do that you know that's that's why i think people feel like it's warranted uh to to have these hopes that that they're going to release album music similar to that but people just sort of have to wake up and face it weezer has not wanted to make that kind of music since the green album which came out in 2001 2000 2001 or something like that like that that essentially has been the model of their music. It's like Weezer was a band and then they got abducted by aliens in 1999 that then wear their skin and operate collectively as a band called Woozer. And then they put out the green album and every single other album like it's exactly And it's like it yeah, exactly. Spot on. Spot on. <laughs> I wish. Um, the fact is that Rivers Cuomo, the man making music in 2019 is exactly the same man as the guy who was making music back in 1994. The difference is, is that uh, he's been through the ringer of the music industry. Like, it's my personal opinion that he is one of the biggest casualties of the whims of selling your music to a mass populace. Maybe. You know? I have a hard time with stuff like that because sometimes I want to be like, oh, they sold out because they got poppy. Mm-hmm. But there are obviously honest instances where people are like, this is what I really like now. This yeah. is me being genuine and this is being me. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then great. Yeah. I don't, I'm not saying I like it as much as I connect it, you know, to some of the older stuff. But if it is honest, it is. And if it's not, then. Yeah. Oh, well. And that's the big thing about this particular band. Like, who knows what River Rivers Cuomo is actually intending to do with his music at this point? Like, it's all sort of. I think so. This is their that was their sixth eponymous color coded album. Fifth, I guess, not if you don't count their covers album, which I did not listen to that particular album. You did, right? I did listen to it. And you, what, what was your opinion of it? I liked some of the song selection. Um, 
I thought it was a cool idea. Mm -hmm. Most of the songs sounded like they were trying to cover those songs. It didn't sound like Weezer playing those songs. Yeah. It kind of sounded like those songs, but with just not a lot of personality from either Weezer or the original artist. Kind of just like a yeah. you're at an open mic and someone's covering someone's song because they yeah. need to fill out a set mm -hmm. type of thing. I'll give you the simple answer. I'll give you the, the answer that I've sort of been mulling around in my head. I feel like a lot of people have. It's money. It's just a brand. It's brand management, you know? There's a reason why Weezer continues to release eponymous color-coded albums. And there's a reason why they released that covers album is because they just still are in the business. Like, at that point, it's just a product, you know? And it's like, I can see... Well, for this particular album, they worked with Dave Satek. Do you know who Dave Satek is? No. Do you know the band TV on the radio? Ish. Yeah, he was a member of that band. I think he also produced their albums. Um, and he was the producer of this particular album, which, you know, that makes sometimes that makes headlines if you care about the band because they're like, oh, they're going to, he's going to impart a specific sound on this particular band. Maybe it's going to show up different, you know. I think more often than not, that ends up just being another marketing ploy, you know? Like, uh, we heard recently that Slater Kinney was uh, producing their newest album with St. Vincent. She's doing the album for them. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, and sure, that, that may rub off on the music. Like, St. Vincent has a very specific style about her, like a mm -hmm. specific sound, you know. But I think, you know, you, you can see where the crossroads are, but it, essentially it does sort of sound just like whatever the band is trying to put out and the artist maybe may have some hand in how it sounds, but normally it just doesn't really yeah. make a difference. Anything would be more technique based of how they go about recording it, yeah. stuff like that. But as far as the overall sound, I yeah. imagine any direct influence would be pretty subtle. Mm -hmm. And even then you can sort of imagine like, what would Slater Kinney sound like if they were produced by St. Vincent? And I think more often than not, it just sort of like, well, they just sound like Slater Kinney and St. Vincent was on the boards, you know? Like, I have no clue. Um, so, how did, how did Weezer fall so far? Like, how, I mean, that's, that's an obvious question. They've been a band for 25 years. Eventually, you just run out of creative material. And that's not true. That's, that is a, a market not true. Because Paul Simon came out with Stranger to Stranger in 2016. That was done on microtonal instruments. You can be experimental. And then Mason but... Ramsey dropped his Christmas album oh after God. Famous had come out. That's, oh my God. <laughs> You asked me on this podcast. <laughs> That's true. You and you gave well an honest answer. And, and, and in the words of Rivers Cuomo, I'm just being honest. <laughs> Which is actually probably the best song on that album if you listen to it. It's pretty good. I, I, that's the one I heard I heard the majority of. The last 10 seconds, I was like, okay, I'll go close and do another. I was, just, I was <laughs> trying to like skim through the album. Right. Yeah. That one caught my attention long enough to listen through. Yeah. Oh my still, God. Didn't, still didn't love it. Yeah. It was a bit, eh. Yeah. That was my whole, my whole reaction, except for the last song. Did you hear the, you heard the last song, right? Which track was that? California Snow. I think I listened to a second of it. Ugh. Good God, dude. But the, the, I'm just being honest. It did have a little bit of that, I don't know if he's being facetious or not feeling from like the earlier albums. Which is? You know, that like, is this. Beverly Hills. Him being like direct. Well. Beverly Hills, but then also the um, the one like misogynistic, like oh um, the, uh, uh, no one else. From yeah, the Blue yeah. Album. It's like, is this facetious? Is he poking, you know, like fun at that like sort of like relationship right. in that 
like mindset or is it like this is real in my life but I'm not proud of it but I want to be honest about like this is how I felt you know it's yeah. kind of like that like I don't know what he's thinking here it could mm -hmm. go any so it did have a little bit of that I think which is sort of part of the formula to a perfect pop song you know like the, the sort of they might mean what they're saying but uh, they might mean something else um, there let me tell you something the blue album was chalk not just the blue album but Pinkerton in specific was chalk chalk full of that like that sort I mean I feel like that attitude this is what's funny that attitude that he described in the blue album he sort of made into a concept album with Pinkerton like imagine that song like that with the world is turned and that's the whole album of Pinkerton like that's all the subject matter is like going back and forth between that you know do you think it's like self-deprecating it is lyrically it is, but I think it's handled a lot better than in their, their next output, you know? Like, Weezer stated specifically that the material on the Green Album and Maladroit in particular, he specifically wrote songs that were not about him, you know? Like, he's like, I have to take a step back. He you tell he was humiliated, you know? That's a whole other context. Let's get into the Blue Album for a second. So, you're Weezer. That uh, is true, yes. It's true. Welcome. Thank you for having it's me. It's nice to have I'm you. I'm Weezer. Yeah. <laughs> I am the Weezer. Which one's Weezer? So, uh, Matt you put Sharp. Up... <laughs> Matt Sharp was Weezer. He was, until he, uh, until he left and then heard Weezer's music again in Panera Bread. This is a whole different topic. We'll get to it. Uh, you're Weezer and you put out an album called The Blue Album that's recorded in the style of what a lot of alternative albums were being recorded at the time. Very big chorusy guitars. This sort of like grunge-ish like alternative sound. Um, but power pop melodies that are kind of informed by Kiss. Um, and it ends up going four times platinum. Uh, I feel like there's an old adage that says success is sometimes harder than failure because with success a lot of the times you don't know why it happens you just sort of have been doing the same thing over and over and then all of a sudden you just get big for it and you're like all right well how did i do that you know i think it's possible that cuomo was feeling that way when the blue album came out you know so those one of those misrepresented things where people were liking the music for reasons that he didn't completely fully understand how long had they been playing together before they released their debut record? So, if I'm correct, uh, Rivers was in a couple of bands. He had a band called Avant Garde, and then he released another, and then there was another one. He had been in bands a couple of times. Uh, I, he Obviously, he learned music. His dad was a drummer, and he left for California in when he was 18 and then started doing bands there. So, he was mm -hmm. in his early 20s when... Uh, when Weezer got popular. So I've been doing for it for a second, you know? Five or six years, especially when you're 18 years old, like that's still a long time. But collectively, know? they had kind of just gotten together. Collectively, yeah, yeah. Because I know there's some bands where it's like there's their debut record, mm -hmm. but before that, there were five records that no one else heard. Exactly. You know what I mean? So this is, let's just clear the air for a second. This is River's band, Weezer. Like the name comes from his dad's nickname for him when he was a kid. Like. The specialness of the Blue Album comes from the rhythm section and Matt Sharp's vocals and like how everything was produced, but the songs are rivers. Like that's usually been the case. That's been the case for most of Weezer's output, you know? So as long as Weezer has been together, uh, Rivers has had the melodies and the songs and, you know, whatever songcraft he built in his years of learning how to play guitar in his head, you know? 
So maybe it doesn't really matter. The fact is, is that he had the songs, like they were all together. Some magical alchemy, like made this record, you know, the sound of everything and everything just sort of working together, you know? Um, and so that album gets big. It's also one of two unimpeachably good albums, like straight up, you know? Like, when we talk about the Blue Album, we talk about essentially one of the best albums of that entire decade. Would you agree with me there? Yeah, I would say it's kind of just like a general, yeah. like, alternative rock or whatever you want to throw that in. Mm-hmm. Punk yeah. at the time genre, yeah. that's kind of one of the top influential. Yeah, you can sort of say, you can say it succeeds just on a pop level, like, as we mentioned, it right, there are songs that are written with nuance, like... Songs where you can't tell if he's being serious or not, and it actually matters because the lyrics are written really well. There's deeper stuff there, like the lyrics to Saying Ain't So are probably his finest moment, you know? How yeah. it's, it's completely enjoyable on a surface level. Like, the choruses are great. It hits with such a great force. They're sing-along, but it's also deep when you get into it, like... Yeah, especially once you hit the bridge. That's kind of like an interesting twist where it goes from, okay, I can sing along this under the radio, and then it gets real, and he starts talking about his relationship with his dad really personally, like yeah. in the bridge to like this radio like pop rock song, mm-hmm. and then like... Yeah, and it's a, that is a perfectly written bridge. Like if you want to know how to write a bridge, just look at that song. Like the way that the chords transition into chords that aren't used at all in the song until then, and then there's a weird... Um, crescendo like it stays on those chords and then when he hits that last note the flood there's like this cathartic sort of minor chord i guess i'm not sure if it's a minor chord but like it hits that and then and it's out of nowhere sort of you know but it makes perfect sense you know i think it does lyrically too what a bridge Mm -hmm. is supposed to do Whereas I think sometimes it's just like maybe a bridge sound, you know, but Uh the lyrics are the same, maybe even the same from the chorus and it just changes up a little. Whereas I feel like that kind of really like drives it home and Mm -hmm. it's just like, I guess maybe like a more obvious like expression of what's been going on during the song, just Mm -hmm. like really straightforward. And the clarification, that is super, um, super important. Like a lot of great, a lot of great rock bridges. I'm including like Nirvana's Dumb, for example which is also sort of within that era, like illuminate, sort of bring into clarity whatever the song is about, or also is an addendum to, to whatever's going on. You know, that song in particular is also really great. Like it's, it sort of adds to the, to the feel of the song, gives it space, gives it content, you know, in a way that's meaningful, mm-hmm. you know? All you have to do is really just look at the bridges of whatever Cuomo is writing now, and you can see that that tact is lost, you know? Like, uh, I don't know what's the bridge at this point. The, <laughs> the verse. The, the Tacoma I don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Completely falling apart. So. Kind of scared Rivers is going to hear this and come kick our ass. He might. You know? In his private jet. Do you think he, Rivers has a private jet? He has enough money just on royalties. He's probably, probably had, had the, like, this discussion inside his head before. It's like, should I have a private jet or would that be too far? Like trying to, should I maintain, you know, mm-hmm. my rock and roll and yeah. just be like, I don't, I don't need it, you know, I'm here for the music. I think as far as Rivers maybe he's goes, on the fence right now. He might. I feel like as far as Rivers goes, he probably just does whatever Gene Simmons might have done back then, you know. Unless he's learned like to be sort of his own stuff, he practices meditation. If you didn't know this already, Rivers Cuomo grew up in an ashram, 
um, and he studied um, Visipana meditation, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Mm -hmm. Like he just sort of has those practices. He actually teaches it as well. Okay. Something he does in his spare time, you know. Um, which, as an aside, that's sort of where I get the impression that uh, Rivers is perfectly fine where he is, you know, making music that he doesn't really mind if if the quality of his music objectively sinks to a, a level that you know people aren't necessarily happy with because he's just like he's fine where he is maybe it is honest too you know maybe this is really the music he wants to be making like (laughs) it's possible yeah i I don't know his motives you You know what i mean you can't really fault someone for that like there are definitely bands that go go that route they get poppy everyone's like oh they sold out but it's like i i really like this music you know i feel like this is my best stuff so exactly i don't i don't know if he feels that way i don't know but i kind of just like to that's optimistic about it i just know oh, I don't like it as much. And that's fine. You know, I don't have to like it as much. Right. Um, that's where the topic of discussing art becomes reductive. Because it's like, well, if you just enjoy it, who gives a shit? You know, like, you know? I, I don't want to pretend to like, know, you know his motives or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, really, that's what it comes down to. Weezer's current output is sort of... I want to say it's critically impervious. You know? You can analyze it if you want to, but there's nothing really anything there. He's just putting out records for people who want to listen to his records. That's that's all there is, you know? And I would say, like, throughout the records, post-Pinkerton, mm-hmm. I could probably come up with an album's worth of songs between the, what, ten records out of that that I really like. Yeah. That I could sit down, put on a mix together, and enjoy. So, from my opinion, I'd be like, oh, why don't you just release an album every... You know, how many of her years instead of like keep, drop, keep dropping them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like but, wait until you have it all together. But maybe in between that, he loved those. He thought they were complete things. Where and it, But he's put out a lot of music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where there's some artists that have four great albums and then that's it. Yeah. You that's know? true. That's and true. And Weezer's got enough material that they could sit down and make... I don't want to define great as what I like, but records that I would really, you know thoroughly enjoy personally exactly but see that's significant like the fact that you would take just a handful of songs from the 19 years between green album and the black album together and just put it that's a that's a pretty good album because i feel like honestly most people who liked or at least liked weezer have that same opinion you know that's significant which means they are still making. There still are some good songs in the mix. I don't know about Black Album. I haven't found it yet, but I've kind of just skipped around on there. Yeah. But High there are kite, songs maybe. that I can find yeah. within albums where I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty good. And I don't think their change was as all at once as it's sometimes made out to be. I don't think it went from Pinkerton into this straight pop thing. There were still like some grungy moments and some more more punky songs throughout the mix. Yeah. And it kind of... It was... Like, in our minds, I think it was all at once type of thing. Right. But I think it was a little more gradual than that. Like, it'd be like, oh, there's some, like, good rock songs in here, and then there's a couple poppy singles, mm-hmm. and it was kind of gradual. Or at this point, you know, it's mostly the poppy single it's the pop- feel. It's the poppy single feel, and it's the pop production. Like, even if they attempted a rockier number, which I think they did. I forget which specific song it was. Um, on but the, the production. Album? On the black album, yeah, but the pop production, Sitex production, is is betraying it. You know, it's, like it's, it's never going to sound it's the way it polished. did. Yeah. So, so okay. So that notwithstanding, you know, back in 1994, they they were they were it. You know, like and again, a lot of critics at the time because they were the we, Nirvana of our generation. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> write that down. It's a podcast. You don't need to write it. <laughs> so here's where things get a little interesting and. 
again, you probably have all listened to the Blue Album before. If you haven't, please go listen to it. You know, it's it's a trait. Everyone likes the Blue Album. I can't think of anyone who doesn't like this album, at least in some capacity. Um, so between 1994 and 1996, when their sophomore album was released, uh, Rivers uh, started a composition uh, degree at Harvard. And he wanted to write an album about being isolated a little bit. Like he was feeling that, you know, especially when your album all of a sudden goes platinum and you're starting to get recognized for your art. That's a very alienating feeling. Like there are so many artists that have felt that way before, have turned to drugs, have turned to any sort of escape to escape the stress. Uh, and he wrote a still unreleased it's never going to be released because I don't believe that yeah, it was ever finished. No. Um, an album called Songs from the Black Hole. Have you heard this album? I, I know of it. I've read about it. Yeah. Um, I don't know it. Yeah, it's um, it was supposed to be a rock album that was like a double. No, not a double album because there were a lot of interludes. Um, but it was recorded. The demos were recorded at Electric Lady Studios, which is where they recorded their first album. And... If you want to, I'll put a link in the description. There's a fan-made compilation of all the demos that he put out on his Alone series, which were just a series of demos that he put out around the times that he was writing songs for the Blue Album and Pinkerton. Um, he <laughs> Cody just put a pipe in his mouth, and it's, it's, it's rustling with Jimmy's. <laughs> it's looking very refined right now. Um, he... Uh, so this, they put out this fan-made album. You should listen to it, if only to sort of see where his headspace was. Uh, it's a rock album that has songs from Pinkerton. So Tired of Sex shows up on this track list as I'm Tired of Having Sex. Like, that was the name of the song. Hmm. Uh, Get You's on it. Why Bother's on it. Um, I think that's it. I think there's one more, but I can't remember for it. Um, and listening to it, you can see where... The Popcraft is there, like some of the Popcraft is there. He hired uh, a singer from one of his band, one of his friend's bands, I think, uh, to sing one of the singles. Uh, honestly, if it had come out, I don't think it would have been as big a hit. Or rather, I'm not sure how the people would have responded to it if they had responded to it differently from Pinkerton, you know? But man, when Pinkerton came out, like, it was a shit show, you yeah. know? That's what I, I mean, heard. you don't know because I don't know. you're even younger than I am, I and I was five when 1996 was around. I was one. <laughs> but if I had to pick a favorite record at the time, it would have been Pinkerton. Oh, that's true. You could ask anyone who knew me then. Yeah. <laughs> You've been like, eh. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that. Why Bother is a good song. Um, so here's what that record amounts to Rivers Cuomo acknowledges that he has some shitty tendencies about him writes an album about it, and then falls flat on his face. It's like he's doing the morning announcements to his classroom, and then he, uh, he acknowledges that he still pees the bed. And uh, everyone laughs at him, and he's never allowed to do the announcements again. And that's essentially the story of Pinkerton. Like, it bombed critically. Uh, there was an urban legend that... It wasn't even an urban legend, because you, you couldn't really assess it until now, but Rolling Stone... People claimed that Rolling Stone called it the worst album of 1996. That's wrong. It was actually the third worst album, which is still pretty bad. Um, it failed commercially, 
like not a lot, not enough people bought the album, and you can sort of maybe you can you can assess that to marketing and whatnot, but it was just a flop all around, and it just bombed. You know, I don't know if it failed because it was overly personal or honest, though. That's the thing. I think it. Well, maybe that's why it did, but it it became less palatable to like the majority it's a little less poppy a little more underground and that is i guess why it wasn't received as well but i don't think it was like a lesser album no oh absolutely like, not. i think i think it just wasn't as like easy sing-along type stuff it wasn't like they're listening to it and it's like it was too honest and they're like oh this guy's a piece of shit mm-hmm. we don't support this yeah no, i think it was like a Hey, we want to sing along with on the radio to our friends, yeah. and we can't do that with this. We want Buddy Holly too, um, Buddy Hollier. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I... you know, there are sing-alongs on the album. That's the irony of it. Like they're there, the songcraft's there, but it's that and it's the production. Like it was super abrasive. They didn't actually have an overarching producer like they did with their first album. Um, they uh, produced it themselves. You know, which is a bold move. That's artistically, that's a very bold, very confident move. Did you know that the drums were recorded with one microphone on that record? I did not uh, right? listen to it knowing that. Yeah. It, and I always have to remind myself that it is their second release. Yeah. Because it really feels like the debut release just with the progression of going from like more underground, a little less polished, real honest feel into poppy stuff. I feel like it makes more sense in my head. Mm-hmm. if Pinkerton is first. Yeah. Because I feel like the blue album fits between Pinkerton and the green album. Like, it's a little poppier, you know, lyrics are maybe a little more general sounding. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like, I don't know, it kind of just like swayed a little bit. You're saying that the green album should have come in your head before Pinkerton? Or like right after the blue album? No, I think, well, it makes sense in my head that Pinkerton would be first. We start oh. out the really grungy, more underground, more honest. We get a little poppier, a yeah. little poppier, and grow. But it was almost like Blue Album's kind of like in-between mm-hmm. sounding. That's you know? a really good point. Pinkerton does sound... I mean, the rawness is there. Um, the songcraft is there. And I feel like... Because here's the thing. Weezer do not sound embryonic at all on the Blue Album. They sound like fully formed. That's their sound. That's why it is one of the greatest debuts ever. You know? They sound like Weezer. Which is, again, why we have this conversation that, that people are like, oh, it doesn't sound like old Weezer, you know, because of the fact that they, they came out of the gate so strong. Mm-hmm. People just assumed that they had that sound. Yeah, old Weezer them. was established and gone very fast. Very like, fast. what people think of as Weezer now, even, is probably still those albums yeah, but from it's actually, 25 years ago. Yeah, but it's actually Weezer. But that was such, like, a small part of Weezer. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Because like, this is, like, a fraction of it, but still, like, mm-hmm. that's how... Or at least that's how like I like to mm-hmm. view it. And I didn't even really listen to that much Weezer, except for the single stuff, until a couple Christmas ago, my brother got me Pinkerton on vinyl. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of started just jamming that record in the Blue Album. And, you know, we work together. There oh, have been absolutely. days where I've spun the Blue Album five times at work. And I never get tired of it. <laughs> I'm sure people who are sitting drinking coffee would, but 
We, I never get tired of that album. But everyone came up and would talk to us whenever we listened to it. Everyone has something connected to them. Yeah. A guy who works like in the same building came. He was like, yeah, my five-year-old son, he's like, all he listens to is Weezer. It's his favorite <laughs> band. He's like, which is probably my fault, but I can't get him to listen to anything other than the Blue Album. That's yeah. all he wants to hear. And I finally <laughs> talked him into checking out the Green Album this week. And he's yeah. just like... <laughs> I have to get back to that guy to see how that kid feels because he might still like it. <laughs> which, I mean, it could be as simple as a kid's like, no, I like this one. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Pretty but, much. but that, that it's funny because it fits the general like pretty you know, much view yeah i mean that's or like, at least the general view amongst like music fans and people who like rock music and stuff like that as far as like the grand general people listening to the radio i mean they like island in the sun and a lot of people like that stuff but amongst like people who would consider them like music fans mm-hmm. you know that's kind of the general mindset is oh the blue ones mm-hmm. way better than that you know yeah so if you can, and again, Blue Album, Pinkerton, go listen to these albums if you have not listened to them before. I'll put the links in the description. Uh, they're amazing. They, they might just change your life if you're young enough. You know, um, If we're disappointed about Weezer in 2019, can you imagine how people were disappointed by Weezer in 2001 when the Green Album came out, when they sounded almost nothing like those two albums? The moment, because Hashpipe was the first single. Okay. You know, and you know how that song goes. It's got that weird, like, like this weird, strange vocal progression on these chords that don't make any sense. It's almost amelodic. Like, it, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't sound, it had like no indication, except for maybe in the chorus, that Weezer had retained any of the, the pristine songcraft that they had, they had, displayed in their first two albums you know yeah it's interesting also that it's kind of like ah oh, the blue album the pinkerton were like they're honest like real albums because those for me compared to like a lot of this stuff i listen to are less directly even introspective like even those are like a poppy version to me of like introspective like music like really like yeah. honest brutally honest because i listen to that and i don't hear that i hear mm-hmm. that compared to you know albums since then mm-hmm. i'm like oh yeah if i'm comparing island and the sun to like this or whatever like i can see that and be like yeah some of this stuff is really like kind of like brutally honest to an extent you know yeah but i think mostly to me that's just compared to their other stuff yeah I mean, that's true, but there like, is it's a It's not reason... like Manchester Orchestra, Julian Baker on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's well, not, that's true. I'm not saying it's less honest, but it's still like, um, you know, very metaphorical, like pretty sounding, like, you know, yeah. it's not just like pouring my guts out type of honest feel. Well, here's the thing, though. Um, the difference is, thank you. You almost grabbed my coffee cup. Um, the difference is, is that Weezer was essentially proto-emo. Like, when people listened to Pinkerton, and this was before, like, Sunny Day Real Estate and the other emo bands sort of blew the door open in that regard, you know. Weezer was, when they were singing, when, when, when Kuma was singing about, like, sniffing this fangirl's letter or about, like... Is there a lyric about sniffing it? Yes. Oh, I don't remember that part. Dude, Across the Sea. This, I, is, I a key, this... this is a key track on Pinkerton, like... This, he I, just, writes I don't song. remember the sniffing line. I okay, guess. he goes, it goes, um, the line is, um, uh, they don't make stationery like this where I'm from, so fragile, so refined, so I sniff and I lick your envelope and fall to little pieces every time. Huh. Yeah. 
See? And then he goes, I wonder what clothes you wear to school. I wonder how you decorate your room. I wonder how you touch yourself and curse myself for being across the sea. Which is already icky because she's 18. Which is like on the How old was he at the time? He was in his... Well, he's 48 now, right? 2009, and this came out in 26. So minus 20, 28, 25-ish. Which is, you know, 25, 18 years, whatever, you know. A bit but still, again, that's an icky thing to say, especially nowadays. Like, that's an icky thing to write about. Like, but that's the thing. It's brutal honesty. It should be... And that age be... gap becomes, like, more, like, in her minds when it's in relation to, like, a fan. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A fan. That's the like, thing. Like, if you knew someone who's 18 feels, and, like, it feels... dated, married a 25-year-old, it's like, that happens sometimes, you yeah. know? But, like, if it's, like fan letter from someone that you don't know who like looks up to you you know yeah that's what that's when it gets like it feels manipulative weird. because it, it technically was i there was a story where the the girl who the song was written about heard it and then like made a statement or something like that like, I, it wasn't well known but yeah i've like tried to research it and i haven't found come up because i remember you saying she like heard it and was kind of like weirded out by it and i tried to look into it and i was having trouble um maybe finding a whole lot on it but yeah it's like the Mark Zuckerberg version in the, story, the Social Network, where he creates Facebook so he can like stalk this girl. I haven't seen that. You should. It's an amazing movie. Um, like a Shakespeare tale, but like semi-based in, in reality. Yeah, have you seen the new Lego movie? No, no, I wish. It's phenomenal. That's what I've Anyways, heard. back to the podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's good that it's got a good foundation. You know, oh, they yeah. built it brick by brick. It's like a nice, it's a good radio head reference in it. It's... Oh, great. Uh, nice. It's good that they have good keeping... cultural references within the yeah. Lego movies. They're yeah. on top of stuff. They are. I really enjoyed the first one. But, um, so they're proto-emo, right? I, I think that's a, real, that's a safe statement to say, you know, especially considering... So because they're proto-emo, there's no... There's not really, at least, a precedent to what they were doing, you know? So it's not like they can just sort of copy a template... And like sort of be influenced by other emotive artists like people like Manchester Orchestra and Julian Baker do nowadays, you know? Like what they were doing, what he was doing at least was something that I don't think people would have said was a bad idea, but people just sort of felt like maybe it was a bad idea, you know, to be so honest okay. on record, you know? So you're saying at the time that was something you less saw in music. So exactly. for the time that was like breaking it was like momentous. emotionally. Yeah. This nowadays was like... people... Right, what do we records. do with this? Yeah, people write about records all the time, um, but I get what you're saying that it's sort of not as detectable. I think at first glance, you know, just like compared, like as far as like the artists I listen to. When I'm listening to Weezer, it's just like uh, I'm just like want to have a good time at work, you know, uh-huh. and jam out to Weezer type of thing. Yeah. It's not like I'm getting in my feels and sitting down. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, we listened to the Green album at work. It's only 28 minutes long. Uh, it's it's short. It's not necessarily sweet, but I mean, it's got Island in the Sun. We've said it before. Like, was there any song that stuck out to you at all? Like when we were listening to it, I think I listened to Weezer for seven hours straight that day. <laughs> That's true. So we're outside just, of just... the Blue on Pinkerton, which I already knew pretty well, the rest kind of blend it. Yeah, well, into one big thing. That's the thing. Like, um, so let's talk about post Green album. Right, because that's really what it is. There's blue, there's Pinkerton, there's green, which was the remake of their sound that essentially is the template for what they do nowadays. Let's talk about everything after that, which is its own category. You know, 
Is there any specific songs that jump out to you from that catalog? I would say Beverly Hills is the start, you know? Yeah, and I actually, I, li- I like that one. Yeah. That's not like Island in the Sun, watered down pop sound to me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not how I perceive it. Like, I do some of the other stuff. Um, sorry, Rivers, about the watered down comment. I'm still scared he's going to beat me up. <laughs> well, I thought you were making a um, pun because and then, Rivers, yeah, as I water. was saying it, I also realized that and now he's going to double kick my ass. He will on his but, private jet that he's still um, deciding whether or not he should buy. I don't just just the way I perceive it though. Like Buddy Holly, I don't put in the same category as some of those other ones. Like, no, and you shouldn't. I, I, we're talking about like post Green album. We're talking about like everything that came out after that album, because Beverly Hills was actually their first number one rock hit and that thing we were talking about uh with not knowing whether or not he's being serious or not man beverly hills is chock full of that but in a bad way in my opinion you know like the subject matter is so superficial and so like i don't say obnoxious but he's talking about like i want to be a a celebrity on beverly hills you know and it's like it's so different from what they were talking about, like, you know? Yeah, but I think it's facetious still. You think? Because I think ultimately, question. like, because I think we've even, like, looked up the lyrics when we were talking about that song at work, or we were, maybe we were just listening and kind of analyzing. Was ulti- his ultimate angle was, but I'm never going to be like them. Like, there's a part of me that wants that glam and, like, this thing, but I'm too quirky and weird, and that's not for me. Yeah, but here's the it's thing. kind of the grant angle we've the black album came out and this is yet more proof that at least musically and lyrically that's exactly what rivers wants to be you know maybe like, but i think at the time be, and i think when he was writing that song i don't think that's what it's about maybe maybe not i don't think he's saying hey guys i'm about to sell out here's your warning <laughs> like i don't think that's what it was yeah that's true um which i run in the same thing with nickelback's rockstar i'm like are they being facetious right now i don't know <laughs> i think less so for them yeah maybe <laughs> there, there's Thematically kind of similar songs. Yeah. The big difference could be if one of them is sarcastic or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Man, that's crazy. Oh. I actually have to listen. No. You know what? I'm going to talk myself out of listening to Nickelback. <laughs> no, you should do it on the on the bus ride home. Oh, but Maybe. <laughs> it's possible. I'll open a window and jump out. Um. So, okay, first of all, uh, this is a an amazing debate to have because it's never going to be solved. We don't know uh, what Rivers was thinking at the time. But if you have an opinion of it, comment on this podcast and I'll get back to you. Or shove uh, it up your ass. Or shove it up your... Well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, I'm <my laughs> still I can tell them whatever. That's true. Uh, email Cody Pierce at <laughs> CodyPierce2 at gmail.com. <laughs> Cody Pierce 1 was taken. It was, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, so Beverly Hills. Everyone knows this song. Musically, it's actually pretty great. I do dig it. Like, it's just a fun, dumb song. That's And it's... As yeah. far as post, post Pinkerton Weezer goes... That makes it like their starest song in my it's book. It's poppy, you know? but it still has like the cool, like cool guitar sound mm-hmm. and stuff. Kind of like a Buddy Holly sort of. Yeah, exactly. Feel, it's like it's slow. It's chunky. Mm-hmm. It's a single. It has their sound still yeah. a bit. Okay. Um, I still think there's some of like the Blue Album type of sound there. Yeah. Um, and just like structurally in the song. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can make the argument that Weezer was still putting out pretty good songs even as far as make- make-believe, which I think as far as Weezer fans go, it was like three strikes and you're out because the worst song on the album 
which is uh, We Are All on Drugs. You remember when I played you that song mm-hmm. in the shop? Uh, it's one of those things where he rhymes another word with it, which is just a songwriting, like, that's like a sin in my book. You don't rhyme anything with it. Why not? Because it's lazy. Oh, okay. it's, it's lazy and it doesn't maybe, sound good. Maybe he's just honest. You know, maybe that's I'm just being fits. honest. Maybe it's, he didn't do it for the rhyme. It's possible. But that song is terrible because, first of all, it doesn't sound like he's ever done drugs at all. Like, he could be making a statement, but it's a flat-footed statement at best. It might be facetious know? again. It's it not might be mocking, facetious. like, Hollywood and L.A. lifestyle. Even, be like, best case scenario, he's doing it really badly. You know? Like, that song is atrocious. The, the chord structures don't make any sense. It goes... We are all on drugs, yeah. Like, it's like, it goes from like a, I actually don't know the chords, but it goes like to a weird minor chord. Man, there's nothing as far as good songwriting in that song at all. And the verse is wrote, like it comes, it's just stupid. Like, it's a stupid song. Go listen to it, it's it's great. Um, There's really nothing else on Make Believe to have merit. Maladroit... My good friend Tristan, who was on the podcast earlier, tried to convince Our me. Our good friend Tristan. That's true. Sorry. He's, he's That's true. <laughs> we'll rate our friends. Um, he, he was convincing us, and he made a good argument that it's actually the best Weezer album post-Green... Like, it's a sleeper hit, because it's got, like, this... It's, like, 2003. Like, we're well into the post-Grunge era, you know, where it does sort of have, like, a chunkier riff to it. Like, it's got, like, solid riffs, at least... I just think it's kind of forgettable, you know? Like, I, can't, I couldn't tell you at all what any of those songs sound like. Could was you? that the one that... I'm trying to think, because, again, it was that day where it was just, like, Listening a heap of Weezer. Concert, yeah. But I want to say that one was the one that had a little bit of, like, that very modern, at the time, like, mid-2000s alternative rock yes. sort of feel. this was Malibu. They dropped some of the pop-punky feel, and it was just, like, very... It's kind of, like, radio alt-rock sort of feel, mm-hmm. but like, if I'm remembering correctly. But bland. Like that's the thing. It's just bland. I can't. I couldn't. I could not tell you what any of those songs sound like. You know. Sorry, Tristan. Sorry, Tristan. It's okay. Thank he's you. he's doing well. Yeah. I own a donut. Um. Is there anything really of note? Well, there is pork and beans as well from the Red it's Album a track. Yeah, pork and beans. Um, the chorus is actually great. I actually listened to it for a second when you just went to the bathroom. Yeah. Because I was like, I remember that one being all right. So yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to make sure. Pork and Beans has a great chorus. And it also comes with a great music video. And here's the thing. We haven't talked about this yet. Weezer has had, like, traditionally, like, excellent music videos. Hmm. You know? The one for Undone is... I don't is, think I've ever seen a Weezer music video. You're kidding. Yeah. Weezer That's was crazy. on Jimmy... Fallon the other night, so I saw some of that. But. Oh, when they did a barbershop quartet <laughs> yeah. of, oh, God. Boy, they were doing a barbershop quartet of Buddy Holly. Oh, my God. This is how, been this on is a where lot of come. late night television this, lately. This is where we've come. From Saturday Night Live to that. Oh. God. And it's like, if River Cuomo's job was to be not cool, now, not only is he not cool, he's old. Like, that's about as not cool as you can get. <laughs> Like, God, he's he's hitting the mark there. Hopefully, you have a young enough audience. I can imagine. Can yeah, get away with saying. All right, so make believe Maladroit. Maladroit came before make believe. Pork and beans again. The music video is great. Undone's music video was great. The El Scorcher music video was great. 
Pork and Beans, you remember, because it was 2008 and it featured all of the famous viral YouTube stars at the time. Do you remember? It had uh, the, uh, the Miss... Which video? The Pork and Beans music video. Okay. Again, so I haven't seen any of theirs. You should. So. I'll link it in the description once again. Uh, it features... And this will blast from the past if you ever watched YouTube when you were in like 2008. Like It features uh, the... The uh, Maya he Maya ho. Okay. It features that guy, um, dramatic hamster or whatever surprise gerbil or whatever. I was thirteen when this album came out, so I was listening to the Devil Wears Prada, not this. The movie? No, the band. Oh. I was listening to the soundtrack exclusively. Oh man! Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. Dun, Just jamming dun, it. Dun, oh man. Dun. Yeah. Miranda Plusley, where are you My now? iPod Nano. Just, yeah. That's the only thing I had on it. It's Devil Wears Prada soundtrack. Get me Armani. On the phone. You're not going to Paris. It's an alright movie. It's a, it is an alright movie. I was about to say it's great. <laughs> it's a great that, that was the gay in me. <laughs> bubbling up to the surface for just a second. It's, it's pretty like, good. It's a, you it's shut your mouth. Good. That's a great movie. It's just an alright movie. Um, okay, so we're getting to the, essentially what is now just we're slogging onward like Okay, let's talk about the one other album that people talk about when they talk about post-Weezer, and that's Ratitude, which is people, a lot of my friends have tried to convince me that Ratitude is the worst album of their post-career. Um, it's just built into it, like the name Ratitude. Like, it's so tongue-in-cheek, it's ridiculous, but it's like not in a good way. Well, I mean, I think it's like they're just being aware of their presence and kind of being, I don't want to say a joke band, but they're kind of lighthearted band. Yeah. Like they have a lighthearted kind of goofing off with your friends feel. Oh, they're And Tristan argues that like, he's like, oh, people, their songs and stuff are like, you know, it's kind of jokes now and the batter stuff. He's like, they've always been a joke band. All their songs are like, it's a big joke, you know, type of thing. Well, that's true. But the reason I don't like, I see elements of, and I think there are, you know, elements of I'm being real and honest, but it does have like a, I'm hanging out with my friends feel. That's kind of like how I would describe Weezer. But the difference is, is that they were able to balance it. It worked so well because they balanced it with actual pathos, you know, here they have absolutely fully committed to, we're just going to be a goofy band, but it's like, it's not cool. I mean, look at the album cover. It's a dog, right? Jumping. It's just a dog. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's about as, they knew what they wanted to do it's with like Ratchet, which you can actually, you can absolutely say they did intended whatever they intended to do. Like they did it well. And also, if you're wondering if I want you to, I want you to, the first song, that's actually pretty good. Like, um, I would play it, but I'd go to jail. You would. And Rivers Cuomo would give him another reason. He'd be on his private jet. He would kick my ass. Yeah, he would. He's probably shorter than you are. He's a short guy. Is he? Did you know that um, his, the leg surgery and all that? Oh, yeah. When he was, One of his legs was longer. He got the surgery okay. in between Blue Album and Pinkerton, which also further fed into his isolation because he was hospitalized for months and on painkillers. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that album wasn't great. Hurley was completely forgettable. Um, and then finally we get reference. to sick reference. Yeah. Everything will be all right in the end was kind of okay. At that point, everyone's expectations were so low that they were like, Oh, well, this isn't that bad. We finally get to, uh, the final trilogy. And I've, this is another argument that white album, Pacific Daydream and black album are a trilogy of albums devoted to California, which honestly, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You can sort of just 
make by make believe they were a California. Like a lot band. of their stuff's been about California. Exactly, yeah. But like, and it's Surf Wax America. It goes all the way back to that. But like, it starts with California girls or whatever. California kids. California kids, and then ends on the Black Album with California Snow. But there's also L.A. girls and living in L.A. In... in a Black Album. Like, I don't know if that was intentional. It probably wasn't, to be perfectly honest. Um, but. I mean, it's just, it's just not, a lot, not a lot to write home about, you know? Like, and that's what it comes down to. Um, Weezer is a band that musically, lyrically, intellectually, aesthetically, doesn't really deserve the kind of conversation that they're still managing to maintain. Whoa, don't talk about their aesthetic. Uh, we're looking Look at, at the this. Teal album right now. They and, have style. Uh, Dude, yeah, they're their own. It's their own style, but there's it's something. It's their own style. Yeah. Something All right, there. idiosyncratic, unique, whatever you want to call it. Here's the main thing about Weezer: they were iconic. That album, yeah, with the, with the cowboy hat and all that. They're iconic. Uh, they have their image. And they always will have that image. Always not cool, but trying to be cool. That's about as much as you can get it. And, and as far as that aesthetic is concerned, like, they've succeeded in all of their albums because that's all it's been. And they're, they're big, but they've still, I think, maintained that we're awkward and new to this yeah. vibe. And I don't know if it at some point became on purpose or not, but like Stella said, Stella's my wife, and she was saying that she saw them once at some festival or something. She just happened to go to a show they were playing at. Right. And she said they looked so uncomfortable and awkward on stage and stuff. Like, it, it like... And again, you can't The tell. vibe she described me sounded like it was basically, like, their first gig. So I feel like they were, like, very, like... Oh, my God. We're not used to doing this sort of feel. And this was, you know, maybe, like, four years ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I don't know if, like, at some point it's on purpose or if they're still just, you know, kind of, like, awkward, kind of nerdy awkward. guys yeah. making... Well, I was going to say rock music, but not really rock music. Yeah. That's, I don't know. It's possible. The main nerdy guy's living the rock star life. There we go. And he might oh, actually don't know if to visit him. He needs to knock on his door and he'd be like, "Hello," and he'd be like, "Who is this?" And I'm like, "I'm." Rivers. He's gonna show up at our door. Oh, that's true. <laughs> oh shit, that's him. Rivers. Hello. If we just keep quiet, maybe he won't go away. Okay, he, I, he just passed by the window. He's gone. Um, here's the main point. Just. Just listen to Weezer and enjoy him if you want to, I guess. Just like any artist, you know? The fact that we're still having a conversation about Weezer 25 years into their career, way past when their music was actually relevant from a musical standpoint, that's significant. There's something special There's there. something special about him. But Weezer is also an industry when it comes down to it. Like, and maybe that is the simplest answer as to the motives behind a lot of the stuff they've done. They just want to they just want to make money making their music, you know? Nowadays, that's that's about as much as you can do. If you can make money on your music, you might as well. Who can fault them for that? Mm. Yeah. Mm. I would say so. You know? You disagree? I would say if they are at this point just making music to make money, then they should just call it a day and stop. <laughs> but I'm also optimistic enough to say, hey, maybe that's not what they're doing, and I'm not going to say it is. You know, I don't want to make that claim for someone else. Yeah. And you know what? If we can, if we can be optimistic, we why, can. why shouldn't we? Yeah, let's just do it. Let's just say that Weezer is making the music that, ex that Rivers exactly wants to do. He's meditating. He's living his life. He's got kids. He's happy. And, he's, and, he's, and he is making money on his music, whether or not they're intending to or not. He is. 
And that's as much as anyone can ask for. Did you know so, he yeah. illegally changed his name while he's in high school and then changed it back when he got out? Oh, yeah, to like Kitts or something? Some, something. Peter Kitts. Something a little more normal, like yeah. standard American name. Peter Kitts I think took his, was the name. Was his stepfather's yeah. uh, last name, and then he got out and changed it back to Rivers. So. And his brother's That's... name is Feather, is that correct? Feather Cuomo. Rivers I believe so. That's cool. I wish I had a, a name like that. Let's give me a name right now. What would my name be? Pop-Tart. Mm-hmm. Pop-Tart. Took Blueberry Pop-Tart Mora. We're spiraling. We are. We're spiraling every day, man. This is 2019. Anyway, so that's our talk on Weezer. Uh, moral of the story is um, music industry sucks. It ruins people. Um, but music is enjoyable. Whether or not, you know, whether or not bands continue to put out good music, their old stuff is always still good. And just listen to whatever you want to listen to. That's a lame-ass argument, but it's true. Uh, and with that, I believe we're out of time. Uh, Cody, thank you so much for guesting. Yeah, I think we had a great me. conversation. Yeah, uh, so it was less scary than I anticipated. Right, it I always is. Trying to get out of this pretty, yeah. pretty bad. Well, I'll get out of your house now. Appreciate um, it. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the tape deck. I'm Rod Mora. Again, go to our website to check out all of our reviews and stuff. It's great. Uh, I will see you on the next podcast. Take care. Bye.